Today is February 6, 2022, and we are reading from the big book of AAA, page 62, starting with selfish and self-seeking and ending with and including this is the how and why of it. Rita will be our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Annie V. So Rita, would you like to share? Would you like to read? Thank you, Karen. My name is Rita, a compulsive reader. Selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and, the, and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation. But we invariably find that at some point in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. God makes that possible. And there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is the how and why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was a keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. Thank you. Thanks, Rita. And now I'm happy to introduce Annie V and she will share on the paragraphs that were just read by Rita. She'll share for about 20 minutes. Hi, Annie. Hi, thank you so much for your service. Can y'all hear me okay? Yes. Okay, yes. wonderful. Hi everyone, I'm Annie V from um, New York City. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater just for today. Um, and I'd like to just review quickly kind of the main points of these paragraphs, sum up where we are working towards step three as we read through this book and then give you a little information about myself and my story qualify for a bit to put that into context. So, you know, to me, these paragraphs really focus on the root of the illness, um, which is um, selfishness, which is at the root of that mental, mental twist or, you know, um, the obsession of the mind, one part of what I'm powerless over. Um, just to, as a beginning, I hope you can see this. Um, Oh, my blur is not messing up. I just want to mention as a uh, compulsive eater of the alcoholic type, I'll turn off my blur, um, weight was not my problem. Um, and on all three of these pictures, I've, I, there's probably more than 100 pounds differentiating them. I was at my sickest with this disease. Um, the book shares with me, which was revolutionary, that my problem is... Um, as an alcoholic compulsive eater, right, um, that I have a quote unquote allergy of the body that leads to the phenomenon of craving meaning 
when I intake my alcoholic foods or engage in my alcoholic behaviors, um, I cannot stop. And even when I'm entirely abstinent, I can't stop myself from starting again. That's the mental twist, right? That's the insane decision up in here, right? If I was abstinent, there would be no issue. But for whatever reason, without a spiritual solution, I make that insane decision to eat again. And it's not like a bad thing. It was my best solution to self-soothe myself, to celebrate all of the above, to deal with life. The cool thing about 12 Steps, and I'm so grateful because it literally saved my life. My father has died from this disease. Um, I've had full-blown type 2 diabetes, you know, the metabolic syndrome, all, you name it, hypertension. All of those things have been fully reversed because I have this spiritual solution that is way better than what compulsive eating and um, binging, purging, exercise bulimia could ever offer me. So I just want to get that clear. And, and my problem in step one is powerlessness. The 12th step says, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, right, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The key for me in the steps, the big book is clear that I need to get in touch with power. And part of that is working step three and making this decision, right, to, you know, quit playing that, turning over my human selfishness so that my higher power can do for me what I can't do for myself, not necessarily what I can do which is, you know, in this moment, I'm not compulsively eating, thank goodness, because it was a disaster. Um, so those things, selfishness, right, we had to, there's a lot of really powerful language in these three paragraphs, we had to give this over to a higher power, we have to rid of, you know, be rid of it. I just also want to make a point about selfishness, nowhere in the big book that I'm aware of, does it say it's, it's like a bad bad thing in that way. Um, part of my acceptance of powerlessness in step one, I have to stop blaming myself. And that was another form of selfishness of like, I have to do better, right? I'm not going to be doing this. I have to surrender to a higher power, right? That may be semantics, but it's a really, really big difference. Um, I'm not bad because I'm a compulsive overeater. Selfishness is human in many cases, right? A lot of forms of selfishness, the resentment, the anger at, uh, you know, injustices in life. However, the disease up here, the mental twist and obsession, I take it to a point where my solution is always to go to something that kills me. So this is why I, as the compulsive eater of the alcoholic type, right? Not the bad habit eater, not the moderate eater, um, I need a spiritual solution. And that is found in the second appendix, right? the personality change to bring about recovery. And that's by working all 12 steps. So in order to go through to steps four and nine, I need to make this decision. It's a really important step, even though it's not like the action step yet. So just to illustrate this, and then I'd like to, to qualify really quickly. This is not 12 step material, but I like visuals. Um, this is the art to freedom where the foundation is step one. I need to put the food down. I, you know, I, I needed to work all the, the tools, including food plan, which are parameters around the food I can eat um, that are not alcoholic to me. Um, I needed to, uh, for me, as the exercise dynamic, I had to follow a movement plan. That was really important for me. So it's very clear the doctor's opinion. We have to be cleared in our body before the psychological measures can take place. Um, we went through step two in a we agnostics, right? That's the cornerstone that Okay, and it, it summarizes it a few pages before that, you know, I, I'm powerless. 
um, and probably no human power, myself or other people, including therapy, and I'm not bagging on therapy, I'm a therapist by trade, right? Um, other people, other groups even, including the fellowship here, it just wasn't enough power. I really needed to believe that a higher power, right? I didn't have to like really believe, I had to be willing to believe just to take that step two for the first time. And what we're talking about here is the keystone. So an arc falls apart without this, you know, essential keystone. Um, and that's the decision. I have the decision to, you know, work my steps and go through four through nine and maintain and grow over here, the freedom to not want to eat. Like that is amazing. Um, or I have the choice, right? And it, it, it starts with just willingness even uh, mental willingness and putting the food down first. So we're talking about step three here, at least in this diagram. And I will share that I first came into um, OA about more than 20 years ago when I was a teenager um, was, you know, my, I'll, I just want to say that regular way, not that I'm banging it because, uh, you know, wherever things are helpful, I am a proponent of that, but it did not help me. So the first four or five years, Growing up in the Bronx, going to these local um, regular OA meetings, I thought it was just a support group where people were just moaning about their weight, right? And and all the stigma against, you know, people who are fat. Does that exist in our society? Um, I finally got a sponsor after year five when I realized that if I didn't stop purging, I would probably lose my teeth and get esophageal cancer. And there were there was just a lot of warnings. But of course, I was still eating like binging and eating compulsively. Um, when my sister got married in 2006 and just a lot of, like a lot of things happened, I proceeded to gain more than a hundred pounds while in OA, I left OA, I went to eating disorder rehab, which was great and helpful, I don't regret it, but it wasn't enough, again, not enough power to get me to have that spiritual awakening, to stop and stay stop and not want to compulsively eat again. And, you know, instead of, you know, going through life, like, what can I get from this? What's going to be there? To, like, where can I eat? Where can I, you know, purge? Is there like a bathroom? Is there like a bag that I could throw out or something? Right? It's how can I be of service today? That is a completely different life. Um, I'm convinced that if I did not get recovered in 2014, as I did after, you know, finding the big book, uh, a big book sponsor and studying the big book, um, I'd be dead right now, like literally dead. Um, and if I wasn't dead, I might have a foot amputated, right? Because of type two diabetes, that kind of stuff. Um, I joined another fellowship and, uh, where I actually went through the steps in the uh, big book for the very first time. It revolutionized my program, right? I never was able to kind of like put together more than one, two, three days of abstinence. I didn't even understand what entire abstinence was back then. And what I realized as I was uh, doing my inventory and approaching steps four through nine, uh, my sponsor and I there realized what was driving my compulsive behavior was my compulsive behavior with food. So I had to come back to OA. And I tell this because I looked for a big book meeting and I found the primary purposes. And again, I'm not um, poo-pooing them at all if they're helpful, right? I'm here to be of maximum service, right? But it didn't help me. They were amazing. I got to study the big book. I never got through my ninth step amends. I always went back to the solution, quote unquote, the limited solution of eating and pff, relapse, forget it, you know, like up and down and weight. And again, my problem isn't weight, but it reflects what's going on um, with me. 
not in a bad way, you know, and sometimes it can be really, it, it's not in my business days, up to my higher power. But either way, the reason I realized it didn't work for me is because in those groups, they just told me to study, go through the steps, and you'll get abstinent. And that is just not my truth. Um, I was binging and purging throughout because it's really hard to like, you know, deal with all of my resentments, my fears, my amends, right? These are really deep things, right? This is where the spiritual awakening is really going to come for me. The ninth and then the tenth stem amends, I mean, promises. So the other thing is that um, in regular OA, I remember spending more than a year on my fourth step, which is not what the big book tells me to do at all. I, I liken that to um, going to the bathroom and then sitting in the toilet for a year. It's literally like that, but just psychically and mentally, because I'm not giving these things up to my higher power, which those three paragraphs are saying, we must be rid of these things because they lead me to take that first compulsive bite, even if I'm entirely abstinent. Like, so I'm not having any physical phenomenon of craving. It's this, right? That's the seat of the disease. Um, so I realized this, that I needed to get abstinent first. And then I went to a vision for you, which was relatively new me, maybe a few years old. I found the person who had my story. Everything she suggested I do, I balked. <laughs> I was like, weigh and measure. But I, you know, I, I went to anorexic eating for years. I was like, this is another way of control. And I was so desperate. I had that gift of desperation. I didn't care. I wanted the neutrality that she had and the life that was open, full of relationships. Um, I mean, I was so isolated. I, I just, it was so painful, but I am grateful. I would say probably the darkest day in my disease, 2008 or something, I found myself in um, an abusive relationship, like in all ways, physically, mentally, sexually, all of that. Because I literally felt I was, I, you know, I was too fat and stupid to be loved. That is a sad existence, um, but it was my reality. Um, so I just, you know, I heard her story, I heard her conviction, and I said, what the heck, I, I'll try it. And she, you know, she took me through the doctor's opinion. I got clarity on what my alcoholic uh, foods, food ingredients, food behaviors were. I got more clarity. At, you know, it didn't happen right away, meaning the clarity. Um, so I guess we're blessed and somewhat challenged in this program. Like, like if we abstain from alcohol, it could be somewhat clear. But I remember, you know, within the first week, finally getting a food plan, I realized, oh, XYZ foods, this is triggering the phenomenon of craving. This needs to go on my red light list, right? I became more rigorously honest as I came, you know, came along. And it took me a little bit to get um, a food plan that was medically tailored to me. I always suggest that for my sponsees. In the big book, it says that it's okay to have professional help. Um, alcoholics often go to a detox because they will have seizures if they do it on their own. Um, so again, the food planner are just boundaries, healthy boundaries around the foods that I can eat. And it was my job to pluck them into the template that a healthcare professional gave me. They weren't going to tell me specific foods because I, you know, not every dietitian understands compulsive overeating and 12 step recovery. They'll tell me to have something with like flour that definitely triggers my, you know, allergy specifically um, for a snack, for example. So I just needed parameters. Like uh, for me, it was, you know, macro. Uh, macros, how many carbs, how many meals, 
what time, that sort of thing. And it was my responsibility to put that in, turn it over spiritually. And that's all step one work. Um, step two, I, so uh, music is very important to me. I'm a musician here in New York City, music therapist as well, psychotherapist. And for me, that is a huge aspect of my higher power. I grabbed onto that. And here we are in step three, kind of realizing, okay, I had a few days, actually, probably at this point, maybe a week and a half of entire abstinence. I also wasn't playing around with my, uh, just gosh, the, the, the insanity of just being on some sort of exercise equipment all day um, to compensate. It was very difficult for me. So I needed to have a plan again, just for me, just you know, just do that. Nothing less, nothing more. Rigorous honesty. And I realized I've tried everything in this book. My power, your power, human power, and it wasn't enough. And these paragraphs are really, you know, highlighting selfishness, self-centeredness. That's the root of our trouble. Again, these are human experiences. But if you're a compulsive leader like me of the alcoholic type, it will always lead me back to picking up again. And an insane decision that will kill me. So I needed a solution for that. And the cool thing about what's coming up next in step three, the step three prayer and all the prayers in step four, like this awesome stuff is coming, keep going, right? Is through those prayers and especially the 10th step today, I have a design for living. And when I do my 11 steps in the morning at night and when I sponsor and give back service like today um, in step 12, um, I. <laughs> It just doesn't call. It's amazing. And it's available for us if we take these actions and these steps. So to me, what this paragraph is really saying, like, is that we, there is no middle of the ground solution, right? We're either going to give up these forms of selfishness. And there's a million ways to categorize it. The big book is clear. Once you go through your fourth step, right? What about, you know, your resentment, meaning, Am I re-feeling something, right? That the roots of those words, um, sentir means to feel. What am I re-feeling often? Anger, right? Um, I, if I'm holding on to those things, it's going to lead me to pick up. And I just want to give a quick example just to illustrate this. I remember I had um, myself and many of my sponsees um, in the past have had uh, just grave injustices, abuse, you know, <laughs> rape molestation, right? These things are not our fault. Having this disease is not my fault. Blame and shame did not get me anywhere. It didn't help me to work the steps. The selfishness is I wanted it to be different. And there's absolutely, that's a valid statement, but holding on to it deeper, right? Because the spiritual growth is like accepting things for what they are. So I'll give you an example. Most recently, like I'm recovering from COVID and I couldn't go to work. I couldn't, I, I'm a frontline hospital worker, couldn't be there. I can't tell you the pain that, you know, caused me. And it interrupted many of my commitments, many of my routines. But it is what it is. I wanted it to be different. Boom, instant 10 steps. So the, the steps that are coming up, three, making that decision, and then four through nine are going to teach us how to do those 10 steps. The 10 steps is kind of like a summary. Uh, in a daily fashion and letting that go. Like, I don't have to like things. I don't like, have to like, and I apologize for any background noise, um, the fact that, you know, there are these injustices in the world or the fact that, you know, I've 
been bullied in the past for my weight or bullied myself or all of these things. But if I hang on to it and I don't give it up to higher power, who is our director, my ultimate employer, my creator, right? Um, I will go back to compulsively eating again. And um, in my experience, I didn't have this like, oh my gosh, spiritual, you know, flash like um, Bill did. But it was through working the steps that I was like, wow, this way of life where I can be useful, um, I have a purpose, right? I can at least share something with someone else was so much more um, moving to me than going to the food and hiding and getting caught for the wrappers in my car or getting caught for, you know, it was just a double life. I had been making compulsive eating and um, compulsive um, bulimia in all forms. That was my director and it was a very limited solution to my life problems. But here I have the opportunity to understand, um, you know, the God of my understanding. And it's been just amazing. Um, still painful, right? Like, I think the key for me, right, is not to avoid pain, right? It's being willing to tolerate it, right? We can't have too much or else we'll get paralyzed. Um, and too little doesn't lead to any sort of growth. So I may not always invite pain into my life. That's a normal human reaction. We're wired for pleasure. But the spiritual principles, the more I work steps 10, 11, and 12 as a recovered person, um, it's like, you got to be willing to tolerate this pain. I call it's like another AFCO, another effing gross opportunity. So we're working up toward this decision. The last thing I want to share is that step three is so crucial because I, I know I'm, I'm, my drawing, I hope you can see it. We, we can choose to walk through this arch right toward freedom to the freedom that I get here in steps four through nine and, and further growth, 10, 11, and 12, or I can choose the old way, right? And that, you know, to me, step three is like the surrender of mindfulness that I'm just turning my head toward the spiritual path. That's a huge, huge thing. Um, it's like that willingness part. So we see that in step six and seven too, right? Like step six is all about the willingness, pray for willingness if we're not ready to let go of this char character of uh, defect. Um, but I have that choice. I have a choice in this moment to not be compulsively eating or compulsively binging and purging with you on the line today. And it's like a conglomeration of all these little tiny choices. And it's a choice of surrender so that my higher power can do for me, what I can never do, which was, you know, stop and stay stop and not want to compulsively eat again. Um, and in step three, this decision, right, there's, you probably might have heard of this before, but um, there's a riddle that I've loved. It just encapsulates it for me. Um, three frogs are on a log. They all decide to jump off. How many are left on the log? And they're all left because they made a decision. They didn't quite jump off yet so the jumping off point steps four through nine so with that um if y'all are up to this step i just encourage you to keep going right same thing i usually lose sponsees or i don't lose them you know they, they fall or succumb to the phenomenon again they pick up again around step four and nine keep going if you're new welcome um you know we're here to be helpful um Get a big book. <laughs> it's amazing. People are like giving out free big books. That's amazing. And um, 
I am looking forward to hearing from all of you. And with that, thank you so much for letting me be of service. Thank you, Kim, for asking, and I will pass.